Hey everyone, it's Kelsey Gotaco, aka K Taco, and you're listening to the Airborne Mind Show. Welcome to the Airborne Mind Show. I am your host, Ms. Bahawk, and in these conversations, I like to explore what mental frameworks drive people to do what they do. I have strong feelings about talking to people who are deeply entrenched in and passionate about their work. I've always been drawn to ideas, art, and people that have a perspective that I can learn from. And so along the way, we're going to share and explore ideas that leave you with more context. You'll pick up things that might be educational, empowering, inspirational, or simply entertaining. And because you're listening, I have a free gift only for podcast listeners that you can grab if you head over to MizHQ.com. Again, that's M-I-Z-H-Q.com. Today's episode is brought to you by RevivRx. RevivRx is home of clean, phenomenal tasting, and effective supplements. Uh, If you want to play around with a concoction that I've made recently, it's using the Chocolate Rebuild with uh, oatmeal. And you can add things to that if you really want to, but just those two things are enough. But you can add some bananas and some uh, almond butter in there to spice it up. Well, I guess sweeten it up in this case. But either way, uh, head over to RevivRx.com, enter the code MIS10 at checkout. Today, my guest is Kelsey Gotako. She is a former New England Patriots cheerleader and a nutrition coach. Uh, The thing that really kind of drew me to her was her message around helping, you know, empower women to find uh, a sustainable body image that they're confident in. And we dig into so many areas in this episode that I found valuable and really fun to explore. Um, you know, some of those were things were like body image, um, self-talk and internal dialogue, um, you know, prompts that you can use for journaling and how to kind of how to kind of use that as a tool when it comes to making changes in nutrition um, and and so much more. I think the overarching theme was really how big uh, of an impact, you know, your thoughts have over your actions and especially when it comes to something delicate like uh, behavior change and nutrition and fitness. Um, that stuff is so much more powerful than we think. And so to have somebody that I could kind of bounce um, – you know, back and forth with was really fun for me. And Kelsey's actually going to be co-hosting a few Ms. Unfiltered episodes with me. Uh, so feel free to submit any questions, topic ideas, or any follow-ups you have from this episode. Uh, we would love to hear from you. But I hope you enjoyed this conversation as much as we did. And uh, more importantly, hope you do something with it. Kelsey, welcome to the show. Thanks. I'm happy to be here. Yeah, I'm excited to have you on because uh, I've been digging into your Instagram and some of what you've been up to, and I recently came across it, and I just kind of resonated with a lot of the stuff that you're talking about, and uh, so I'm excited to get to chat with you today. Um, why don't you give us a, a little bit of background on, you know, you you had a career as a Patriots cheerleader, uh, you I do did. nutrition coaching and a bunch of stuff, and so I would love to kind of paint the picture as to what got you into that and and what you're kind of currently up to now 
Yeah, so the past two years, um, the two most recent seasons, I spent cheering for the New England Patriots, which was um, an incredible experience. Honestly, it's kind of really shaped who I've become. And it's had a big influence on um, how I want to help other people, other women who have seen what I've done. And um, obviously, within that career, you have to work very hard on your physical appearance, of course, um, the way you perform too. But um, physically, it's very demanding to keep up with your appearance and the way that you look. And I originally started off in the healthcare field. So I was going to school for um, radiology or of something of that nature. I was a nursing assistant and I wasn't really sure what I wanted to do yet. And then I was kind of um, diving into my own little fitness journey. As I made the squad, I did a bikini competition for the first time, which made me pretty obsessed with fitness. So that's like all I did, all I cared about, which caring about my, um, you know, my appearance and the way that I looked physically, even though I, I wanted to be healthy and stuff, that's what really led me into, I think, one of my greatest accomplishments. So with that, I was being reached out to by people that knew me or people that I met about what I did to stay in shape and how I got the body that I had. And that's what kind of made me dive into personal training and online nutrition coaching. And then since then, I've just been focusing on that and how many people I can help in other areas. So that's why I really like remote coaching. Mm -hmm. And since then, really, I've been just trying to figure out what I want to do with it. Like, who do I want to help specifically? And I know that with having a job that's so physically demanding, having to look a specific way all the time, I know that I want to help females especially um, create their sustainable body image that they feel confident in. Yeah, th there's so much there that I want to get into, but I'm curious, like, what are some of the uh, those demands of how you like have to keep up with your physical appearance? Are there any like hard rules or things like that that uh, you know you had to pay attention to when you were cheering, or is it just kind of like uh, like a perceived sense of okay, I have to make sure that obviously I'm staying in shape and and you know able to kind of bring my best? Or are there certain markers that you had to kind of keep in mind for yourself? For me. I think for myself, there were definitely like certain markers that I held myself to, mm -hmm. um, and and with the job too. I mean, there's no like um, as far as what you have to look like physically. I mean, you just have to show up as your best self. But mm -hmm. for me, like I I felt as if I had to look stage lean, um, bikini competition style to feel like I was acceptable or I looked good. But um, now I don't feel that way because I know that. That's just not maintainable for me, and my life is much more fun not um, <laughs> being stage lean all the time, but and that's okay, and I, I feel like I look um, much better now, and I am, I'm able to enjoy my lifestyle, and I still feel confident with the way that I show up because a lot of the times now, like, you know, I'm setting an example to many females of what what a sustainable body image is and can be mm -hmm. and you know how you can live your life but 
as far as like what I was held um, accountable to, I mean, you definitely, you're expected to maintain the way that you look when you make the team. So if I was stage lean when I made the team, I'm expected to stay that way, you know, but yeah. And not that I, not that I didn't, I always worked very hard, but it wasn't, um, I definitely like went through like, um, I guess just like a maintenance stage, you could say, where I was just kind of maintaining what was healthy and I thought looked good for me. Mm-hmm. I wonder if there's like, and and maybe this was uh, even beyond you and just kind of, you know, your teammates and, and anybody who's kind of in that profession, like, does is there this like unspoken, um, I don't know, this unspoken like thing for yourself where you're like, Oh man, I, uh, because I looked this way when I joined the team, I have to do everything I can to like, I'm sure there's some pressure that's kind of created over time. Um, that might be something that you kind of, um, create yourself or just this unspoken vibe that's in the air. Yeah. The unspoken vibe. (laughs) (laughs) Um, definitely. Like I think you definitely put a lot of pressure on yourself because of like what you're expect, who you're expected to be and who you're expected to act like. But, um, I think it's just very hard being in that environment and not comparing yourself to everybody else. Because as females, I feel like it's one of those things we know we shouldn't do. Um, but we still do at the end of the day, you know, and like, um, all the opportunities that there are like being in that position and, not everyone can do everything. Like you all have um, things that you're good at, you know, strengths and weaknesses and things that other people are just gonna get the opportunity over somebody else who can either do it better or just looks the best for it. So Mm -hmm. it's tough not to like, you know, think, oh, like, did I not get that opportunity because she looks better than me? Or did I not did I not show up like the way I was supposed to or, but at the end of the day, you just have to remind yourself that it's not about comparing yourself to like other people or anything like that. It's about looking your best and then doing and acting like your best self. Yeah, totally. There's so much more there that, uh, I want to bookmark and come back to, but I, I kind of want to dig into you starting to, uh, kind of get your exposure to fitness through that bikini competition that you did. Um, I feel like I, I always admire anybody who's kind of in that, um, you know, competing space of like bodybuilding, physique competitions, bikini competitions, because there's so much, there's so much discipline that has oh, to go into it in order to be stage ready and in order to make that happen. Um, and it's often the little things too, you know, it's like going out with your friends and being able to eat out and, and the things that we kind of take for granted day to day that you just have to be so, uh, you just have to dial in so hard to be able to, you know, get yourself ready for that. So I, I, I think that's such a, and then I'm sure going down that rabbit hole is something that, opened you up to just other, you know, variety, like other ways of doing fitness and, and kind of broaden your interests maybe. But I feel like it's, it's a way that 
a lot of people can get into the fitness game is like they start with the aesthetics and, oh, I want to look a certain way. And then over time, getting into it that way starts to open up different things that you appreciate about it and different things that uh, you may want to use it for. But tell me a little bit about what that was like for you, the kind of deciding to do the bikini competition and then what came after you kind of took the plunge. Yeah, I, I was so focused on like the original reason why I even wanted to do one in the first place was for the physical aspect of it. I, wa- I thought that like, oh, this is the way I want to look and I'm going to feel great about myself when I look this certain way. And that's not always true. Like I honestly believe that like you can, you know, you can work on yourself as hard as you want to on the outside to make yourself appear physically the way that you want, but until you deal with the stuff going on internally, you're still going to be unhealthy. So focusing on like the longevity of it, realistically, it's like, okay, if I'm going to diet and train for this competition, am I going to be able to sustain that and feel good about myself after I can't do it anymore or what? Mm -hmm. So like, um, for me, it was just more so like, I don't think I realized that at the time because I was so young and I was just focused on the, you know, looking like how I wanted to on stage versus what I could walk around looking like every day. And the things that it limited me from, like you said, like going out to eat with your friends, like just having to think about, um, like having to obsess over food and what you're going to eat or not eat rather is just like exhausting. So I think that for most women, like if you just focus on the physical aspect of things, like no matter what, like even when you achieve that goal, even when you look the way you want to, if you, if you do like you, it's not going to, it's still, you're still not going to feel if you're doing it for that reason, you're not going to feel better about yourself because you're not doing it for the right reasons. Yeah. I wonder, um, you know, what that, because because I, I did mention it's like, oh, you could get into the the aesthetics focus of it all and it leads you into a more sustainable way of doing things. But it could also do the opposite, which is like, for example, I, I can think of like, let's say some stringent diets or protocols that are also out there, right? Like Whole30. Whole30 is great, great concept oh, yeah. and everything, right? <laughs> yeah, but it's like, imagine after you're done whole 30. (laughs) Yeah. I'm sure it's like, it's a weird feeling when you're like, Whoa, I can't sustain this. And then you start to see maybe the effects of not sustaining it, which could be potentially looking different or not being able to maintain the same habits or whatever it might be. Um, I feel like that could be mentally frustrating too. Oh yeah. Like, um, that's what I try to preach to my clients too. Like they'll ask me about like, Oh, like, should I try keto? Should I try, um, I don't know, any fad diet that's like everybody's talking about. And I'm like, well, if this is something that you think will work for your lifestyle, then yeah, we can, I might suggest trying it. But if it's not something that you think you can do long-term or if, if it sounds like it's going to be more effort than you can commit to over a long, like extended period of time, then it's not even worth like putting your energy into it. Cause then what do you do? You have to, you know, reverse reverse engineer and figure out what you're going to do after the fact. So it's just finding that sustainability with what you like to eat and um, what makes you feel good is like way more important. Totally. And I, and I, I'm sure that um, 
still going through an experience like that, like Whole30 or, uh, you know, doing a bikini competition, there's definitely some liberation there for sure around like, whoa, I, I did what I had to do to be able to make that happen. And I'm sure there's like this yeah, the self-satisfying feeling of like, whoa, like I really stuck to what I had to do to be able to be stage ready or to be able to, you know, not have sugar and all that stuff throughout <laughs> Whole30. I'm, I'm sure there's something like this, this feeling of control almost of like, yeah, like I'm in control of what I like, can do. Yeah, I got all together. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. I think it's like the, the act of sticking to something, feeling good because you, um, like you just decided to, you did it because you did it type of thing. Totally. Yeah. So, well, so after that, what happened? How did you, um, how did you kind of bridge into something that felt more sustainable for you? Um, I think it was, well, after two years, it's like, (laughs) because at first it was like, I was, um, I had just done the bikini competition and then it was like auditions. And then after auditions, it's like you've got calendar trip and then you're dieting for that because you want to look good. And then then the season starts up and you're like, oh, I got to wear this uniform every week. So um, and then we were we were doing well. And I, you know, chances were we were going to go to Super Bowl. So it was like I need to make sure that I'm on track all the time. But then after like like I said, after two years, it's like. I never really gave my body a chance to like recover and I'd say like get to that maintenance phase that I, that I needed to be at, um, versus like kind of like, I don't want to say yo-yo dieting, but I was just like, um, I was either on track or I was off track. I felt like, and when I was off track, it just, I got really down on myself and I felt like I, it was just like negative self-talk, you know, like I didn't feel good about, even if I didn't change much physically, it was just like, just like brain fog from all of the like just pressure of maintaining the way that I looked when I was 9% body fat on stage. But then as you, as I learned more about like um, just what's healthy and what is appealing, Mm -hmm. I started to care more about like how I treated my body versus like the way that it looked. So I was less focused on the physical aspect of things and how I performed, like how um, much strength I gained, like in the gym and how I, how I felt much better, not doing just like high intensity stuff all the time and like actually putting on a little bit of muscle and, and feeling like the effects of that. So I mean, being able to get to a sustainable point, I think it's like, it's still a work in progress, honestly, because I'm always like still striving for more. But like, what's sustainable for me is just like feeling good about what I fuel my body with and training every day, but not obsessing over it. Yeah, it's like, it seems like going from an all or nothing type of feel to something that feels, it just gets you. Something that feels like, okay, day in and day out, I can do this without feeling like I'm revving the RPM super high all day, uh, all seven days a week type of thing. Yeah, I mean, it feels good to be able to know like, okay, I can kind of just, I don't have to feel bad or guilty if I like veer off track. Like last night, I made a post about how I had ice cream and cookies for dinner (laughs) and not like some, and it was a Monday, like, and and why, you know, I 
I just felt like it and I knew that I could. And today it's like, I ate totally great. And I know that I'm not going to like beat myself up over what I ate last night because it's, it's totally fine. And I know that I'm just going to, I'm still going to train today and I'm still going to eat healthy tomorrow and the next day, the next day, because it's like become a habit of mine. So it's Mm -hmm. like, if I want something or, or if there's something that I, I want to do that like doesn't involve my goals or whatever, it's, it's, it's fine. I'm not stressed about it. I love that you're talking about that and, and you're kind of rolling, (laughs) like rolling with that message because I, I wonder, um, and I'd love for you to dig into this, like, do do you feel like people um, ever misunderstand or misread you some ways? Oh, yeah. When, yeah, like, I mean, I think about, you know, okay, when you hear that, okay, you were a Patriots cheerleader, uh, you, like, and... Eat salad for dinner every night. <laughs> right, like, there's this certain, um, maybe an image that's associated with you, or maybe they see a picture of you from, like, when you were you know, doing the bikini competition or when you were cheering and it's like, oh, well, she probably feels really great about how she looks and, and, uh, she doesn't have any body image, uh, issues whatsoever. And there's a certain, I don't know, feel, I, I think that, you know, maybe people who are following you potentially could, uh, could assume, right. But they, they may or may not be, uh, a hundred percent on point, but what's your experience with that been like? Yeah. I mean, I think like, I've just, from the messages that I've got from like females that reach out about, um, coaching, especially they'll say like, Oh, I, you know, I would love, I want to look the way that you do, but you know, I just, I, I love carbs too much. And I'm like, what are you talking? I eat carbs all the time, girl. Like, what do you mean? But, and I realized that like, at one point in time, I felt like I couldn't like, I don't know, fully be my myself because I'm super like, um, if I'm, like I said, if I feel like I want something, like if it's ice cream or whatever I'm craving, I'm, I'm going to have it. And I wouldn't really show that because I was like, Oh, I'm not supposed to like cheerleaders aren't supposed to eat like in their, in their uniforms or like, um, you know, just, I, I felt like I had to like maintain that like healthy, um, image. And I still do, of course, because that's, that's what I do. But, um, being able to just kind of, like you said, roll with it and be myself and, and not have to like act like I don't eat or uh, eat bad things or indulge ever like I totally do and I'm totally just like everybody else and I struggle just as much with the body image side of things as like everybody else does I would say like um because you compare your even though you want to compare yourself to only you like you'll compare yourself like I said to the way that I looked on stage and I thought for the longest period of time that that was like my best self and now I'm like like I feel 10 times better, like eating ice cream once a week, even if it's on a Monday and, yeah. and just kind of living my life. And I st- like, and because I've like just developed such a habit of like, di- you know, like being, I guess you could say, I don't want to say strict, but like caring about what I, um, the way that I live and the, what I eat and stuff, majority of the time has just, it's like brushing my teeth. Like I don't even think about it anymore. So it's just natural. And I don't have to like, I don't have to worry about what other people think of it. If, if I don't, um, you know, eat salad for dinner every night or whatever, like if I'm not, if I'm out at a restaurant and I know that people are going to be probably looking at what I'm eating or, um, you know, the way that I am talking or having to worry about what everybody else thinks about what I'm doing is just, um, it gets overwhelming sometimes because you feel like 
I wouldn't really order what I wanted to order or I wouldn't really say what I wanted to say because it's like you have eyes on you all the time. Mm-hmm. And, you know, so it's just nice to like be able to express myself because I'm like a super goofball sometimes and I'll pretty much say anything that's on my mind. So being able to like just kind of be free spirited feels really nice. Yeah, I mean, there's something uh, humanizing about that, right? That it gives people permission to be like, oh, I don't have to be perfect all the time. Yeah, because, I mean, it's just unrealistic to act like you're, like, prim and proper all the time because I'm totally not. And, um, you know, and that doesn't – when you're representing an organization like that, like, you you know, there's requirements and standards, of course, but, like, it almost, like – um, like suppresses like your personality in a way because I was like so worried about like saying something wrong or doing something wrong that I would almost just like be like in like a little shell (laughs) yeah I know that that feeling I don't know if that explains it very well but like that's how I would feel at times because I um I'm just one of those type of people who just like will um just like say what I'm thinking I Mm -hmm. guess yeah not that I don't have a filter. I totally do. But like, it's just that I want to be able to like say my honest opinion and not have to like, really like, think about it. Totally. No, I I think um, most people are in that boat, right? It's like most people are not operating on the level of perfect all the time. Uh, It's just it's one of those things that uh, I think I mean, you mentioned like comparing uh, to yourself, right? So comparing to maybe an earlier version of yourself. So when it was like, you know, somebody was in college or somebody uh, liked the way that they looked when, yeah, they were younger or whatever. That's like a comparison you have against yourself or it could be with others. So like people that are kind of in your environment Um, or I think maybe the most common now could be something like on social, right? It's like, it's so great. But at the same time, there's so much of everybody else that's kind of coming through your feed all the time, that it can be pretty easy to like, fall into that uh, comparison mode, in a way. Yeah, definitely. Um, Because like, no matter what you're doing, like social media nowadays, like, there's always going to be like, like, um, nutrition coaches, there's like a, you know, tons and tons of them out there. And it's like, sometimes it feels like whatever it is, like you're, whatever it is that you're into, whether it's like you're a coach or you're a fitness model or, um, somebody is like, uh, competing for something. That's what's gonna, like, that's the way Instagram works now is like, that's what's going to pop up on your feed all the time. So it's like, they're just, it's making it impossible not to compare yourself to like, um, what everybody else is doing in your network, you know? So like, I think when, especially like when females will show me like a photo of somebody on social media, like, Oh, like this is the girl I want to look like. And I'm like, okay, so (laughs) about that, like you are you like, let's start here. And like, let's, let's not necessarily compare yourself to the way that other people are, are doing things or the way that other people look because you're not them. And if you're, if your goal is to look or be that way, like it, you're not gonna, I feel like you're only going to become like disappointed when you, when you don't. So like, it's just setting an unrealistic expectation of you to like meet somebody else's standard or 
You know what I mean? Yeah, you're like trying to you're trying to define the expectations from the beginning so you don't set yourself up for disappointment later on. Because um, it's like even though I mean you could look you could look really good and you could look like that picture. I mean, we each have our own judgments about that, and and you still may not feel 100 percent satisfied with that. So I'm curious, like, how do you? What does that conversation kind of look like? And do you get do you get pushback against that uh, ever? Like, is it? Do you have a tough time kind of having that conversation with people, um, or do they have a tough time receiving it in a way? Like, because I know, you know, we can deal with a wide variety of clients, and some are definitely more ready to listen to you and to kind of take oh, yeah. on that mindset versus some it's like you know it definitely takes some more education and some more conversation to be able to I don't know undo some of that stuff or shift the mindset in a way that's going to be productive for the rest of your you know coaching relationship so uh yeah what does that like when somebody comes to you like that who's like hey I want to look like this person or I want to look a certain way um how tough has it been to be able to navigate that it's tough because like it, it's like interrupting their like, um, current like contentment within themselves. So like, they're already not, they're not happy with the way that they look when they look in the mirror. Um, so it's like, not, they're already not okay with the way that they look and, and me having to tell them like, okay, you might, you, even if you put in all this hard work, like you're not going to look exactly like that or be exactly like that. It can be a tough conversation to have because like, females often will like for example some of my clients will be like um I'll just never have an hourglass shaped body or um I'll I'll never look like this and it's like genetically you can change the shape of your body and like I'll explain to them like what is you know what is tangible like what can what we can actually work to change and then explain that and then kind of like explain to them with if, if you can like stick to what I'm telling you to do and you can actually like make it, if you can implement it into your life in a way that is going to become like, just like a habit for you. Like I talk about, um, like eating healthy and going to the gym every day. Like it's just part of my routine. Like if you don't focus so hard on the just physical aspect of comparing yourself to what somebody else looks like, like it's just you're going to feel good as like a byproduct of just putting in hard work. So it it's all it can be like kind of contradicting in a way because like yeah, you can change your body shape, but like only so much. Like everybody is um you know, built differently obviously. So it's like for me to and I don't want to give people like, you know, false expectations or anything like that. So I just try to like really shift their mindset towards not comparing um, their like physical appearance to their goals necessarily all the time. Like mm-hmm. it's definitely like good to hold them accountable and like compare photos and everything like that. But um, focusing on like the way that they talk to themselves, like just having like positive self talk, like positive affirmations and things like that, um, and just like focusing on the improvement based on what they think of themselves is much more, I notice like they, you, you get further with that sometimes than just like, okay, like let's compare this progress picture to this one and, and focus on like, okay, is the scale going down? Like sometimes it's just, it's bullshit because you get down on yourself and you don't see any changes right away and you're putting in all this effort and it's like, nothing's happening. So, but something is, it's just that 
you have to actually like, you have to consciously um, think about what are you telling yourself? What are your behaviors like, you know? Yeah, no, this I I love this topic. (laughs) I think this comes back (laughs) to kind of like, like you said, the self talk, but also just this idea of like internal dialogue and how you are uh, kind of speaking to yourself all day yeah. long, like good or bad. And and I, I can't remember who said this, um, or else I'd love to quote him. But it's basically this idea of like, imagine if there was like this big uh, screen, right, that was behind you, and everything you were thinking was like on a loudspeaker. Oh my god, I know I've heard that before too. And I was like, Oh no. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, who is that? I know, I know. Yeah, where is that? Or who said that? Or that's, um, I know exactly what you're talking about. Um, Oh God! <laughs> yeah, if, if I remember, I'll link that up. But I, I want to. There's a couple people that are popping into mind, but really, it's that concept I'm thinking is like, wow, yeah. If you were to like verbalize a lot of what's going on inside your head, I mean, you would think, um, like, man, do you like? Do we all just like hate ourselves inside? You know, it's like it, it gives you that thought, yeah. and uh, I feel like that's such a big piece to making progress in anything, but specifically within this, when, uh, there's certain behavior change that's involved, there's certain, yeah, you're, you're looking at your physical appearance, you're looking at certain things you're doing day to day. Um, so I I think it's cool that you dive into that and you talk about, and you emphasize that with people like, Hey, how about we focus on how we're going to talk to ourselves? Yeah. So like now my approach is actually a lot different than it used to be because like I said, when I, I mean, I'm still, like you say, you're sharing like your learning experience with people. And that's kind of what I'm doing. Cause I'm still, I'm, I'm learning every day. Like I never stop. Like I'm always trying to like fill myself up with new things. But like before I was so focused on, um, getting clients physical results and I wasn't comparing like the other side of things, like, um, what, for instance, what their behaviors are like. But like now I have, um, like certain, exercises that I'll have clients do, um, like journal prompts and things like that, that just really focus on getting their, um, getting their mindset in like a good, healthy, like into a growth mindset versus like, you know, the fixed mindset. That's actually, um, one of my, one of the books that I read, it was, I think it's called, um, I want to say it's, I think it's Mindset, actually. By Carol uh, Dweck? Carol Dweck, yeah, yeah. That's, that was like the first audiobook, or I love audiobooks, that I ever read. And I was like, wow. I was like, I've got to shift into a growth mindset. And then ever since then, it was like, I try to like teach my clients the same thing. Because a lot of times, like, the people that will reach out are like in a place where I used to be or I, I was once. So mm-hmm. it's like being able to kind of walk those people through like, how I changed the way that I think and um, what it's done to change my life and improve my life is like helpful and being able to sometimes people, I think like, like you said, if somebody were to like, there were to be like all your thoughts on like a prompt, like just spitballing all day, what you're actually thinking. Like I try to get them to almost do that, but write it down in a Mm -hmm. journal by, and, and then once I get to know the person, like I give them specific, like, just a few questions that I, um, that I kind of like come up with that I think are really going to like, just like extract, like what the inner person is thinking. Um, that's what I'm really like passionate about. I like pulling that out of people. Cause a lot of times, like if I ask them to answer the, the questions and that like, Oh, send it back to me in a Google drive, blah, blah, blah. 
I'll look at them and I'm like, they're being so evasive. Like, why aren't they? Like, I want to like dig into your soul and like, no, like, how are you feeling right now? Like, um, cause I think a lot of people like it, the, the underlying reason of like why they want to, I don't know if, why they want to lose 10 pounds or why they want to gain muscle or whatever. It's like so much more than what we think it is. Like, Oh, I'll be more confident. But like, why will you be more confident? Like, what are you going to be able to do that's different now? Like, what's going to be different when you when you achieve that? Like, really, though, because it's the way you look in the mirror, like it does, it's not gonna like I said, um, until you like deal with what's going on internally, then you're still going to be unhealthy. I love that you hit those two points too that I want to dig into. So journaling and audiobooks. <clears throat> audiobooks we'll circle back to, but journaling uh, I'm a huge fan of. And I'm curious. Yes, I. it's like the one thing um, for me that I think the one habit that I've stuck to for the longest time and consistently and I've seen the most benefit from. And I started yeah. doing like morning pages. I don't know if you've ever heard of that, but it was basically um, like three pages of unfiltered writing without oh, stopping. Oh, wow, like brain dump. Brain dump, yeah, basically. Yeah. Um, and, and I kind of tweaked the rules to kind of allow it to fit kind of what I wanted. And over time it's evolved. It's like now I definitely, um, I still spend the same like same amount of time if not more writing but I'm more free with like where I go with it and whatnot um and if anything I would say practicing it makes you more honest I don't know if your your experience <laughs> is with yeah. this right like you you are just more likely to be more real with yourself once you get yeah. over the surface level stuff yeah like um sometimes like I would notice um myself like answering the questions like that I would get like I'd like look up like I don't know just like journal prompt exercises and stuff like that or I'd like I have a couple I have like a self journal and um a couple of other ones that like friends have given me and I've, I've caught myself like answering the questions like as if somebody was reading them and then I'm like wait a second like let me like rewrite this or like like you said as you make a habit of it they like what you write down becomes a little bit more personal. It just, it's kind of like almost like a diary, I guess. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> All my secrets. That's exactly. And I, I, I feel like uh, what you're saying, that's where the real value is, right? Is when you kind of yeah. get past the stuff where you're like, yeah, I just want to be more confident and, and this and that. But then it's like, okay, really kind of, sometimes it's a blind spot for yourself where it's like, it's hard to, access whatever that is like why do I want to be more confident it definitely takes some thought but uh if you can practice being more unfiltered onto the page because maybe nobody else is going to see it um or maybe I guess your coach you in this case would but if you can start to write from a place or journal from a place where it's like yeah there's nobody else that's going to see it what would I write if it was only just me kind of looking at this and it was yeah. a direct translation of what your brain is thinking. You know what I mean? Like as soon as you think it, you write it versus like yeah, that's going the juicy stuff. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. So, um, that concept overall, I love it. Like with, with journaling, um, is that something you use with, with most clients? Um, or are there, you know, certain specific ones that you're like, Oh yeah, they're gonna, they're gonna be using the journaling tool. Um, yeah, because some people aren't th – like this is honestly something – it's something that I've been doing that I didn't even think about applying to my clients for like at first because I wasn't sure if many people were open to it. I kind of feel like some some people are just like, 
I don't have time to journal. Like, mm-hmm. you have time for whatever you make time for. So let's, you know what I mean? So I was like, I felt like it was like a lot to have them, like for people that are like just beginners to like teach them um, how to count macros and everything. And I'm already having them like log their food and do all this stuff that I didn't want to like overwhelm them. Yeah. But it's it's not. It, I've realized that it's not overwhelming them. It's actually, a lot of people find it really helpful and more like, um, just like calming to be able to just brain dump and then actually put their thoughts on paper. And like that makes more, they make more progress with that than, um, with, with the physical stuff sometimes. So like I try to like really, um, express like the value in it to each client. And then like, I'll at least have them do like the three daily, like gratitude, like, okay, what are you, what are you grateful for? Like what, what, what's good in your life right now? Like at least like jot that down and then we can start there because um, I have like a lot of different ones that I like to do. And yeah, I, honestly, I kind of tailor it to the client, like what I think they're going to benefit from. And then I, I like test different things out and then you build a really close relationship with them. Mm-hmm. So it just becomes like, you know, just a good relationship to have with somebody that's there to like support you 100 percent. Yeah, you're you're right. It's uh, that's one of the reasons for me, too, that I for the longest time, I just never really. I don't know, never really talked about it or talked about the importance of it uh, with other people. It was just more like my thing was because I thought it was like, ah, nobody else is really going to want to take the time to sit down and do this. (laughs) Um, But, you know, what's funny is uh, we just did like a a short mini episode on just journaling. And I like that's been a request recently of like, okay, you talk a lot about journaling. How exactly do you get into it? Like, what are the, what are the specifics of how you do it? Um, and I think it's such a, like, there's, there's a million different ways you can do it. So, um, I think what you're saying with using prompts and actually asking maybe like just thought provoking open-ended questions, uh, can, can get your brain to think in just a, a different way than if you were oh, to try to like, you know, write it up all all on your own. You know what I mean? Like, instead of me sitting down to write like, all right, what am I scared about? If you said like, what was, I don't know, what has been, what fear has been like your biggest teacher? That's like a prompt I saw somewhere or something oh, like yeah. that. Like wow. th- the way that it spins your brain into thinking yeah. differently uh, has always been interesting to me. Is there anything that stands out to you, like a prompt or two that you like to use or questions that you like for people to dig into? Um. Yeah, there's definitely a couple. Let me think. So uh, there is – well, the one – I think I already mentioned this, but um, like – for me, like as a coach, like it's, I want to know how is your life going to improve or be different when you achieve like whatever their specific goal is, like why, like, and people think like the, the why is not the why it's like much deeper than they think. So, um, asking people that versus like, what's your, what's your fitness goal, you know? Mm-hmm. Um, and then, um, what is some okay so this is one that i like because it kind of just lights a fire under your ass like (laughs) something i can do um i forget how i word it specifically but it's like what is something that you can do immediately or like you know right away to move you towards what like whatever their goal is um like what is something you can change today like it could be the smallest thing but what is something you do now because i'm a big fan of like taking action like you've got to get like you've got to get them to, um, even if it's like a, just something small to, to do something every day to move them in the, you know, in the right direction. 
that they want to go or end up is, is important. And writing that down, like making them, um, holding them accountable to it. Cause it, after you write it down, it's like, Oh shit, I got to do it. You know? Mm-hmm. So, I like that one. And then what's one thing I have to stop doing? Like, what is one thing you just really need to like, just cut, cut out like right oh. now before you, you know, before it uh, holds you back any longer. So oh. I love all of those. I feel like it just gets you, like we talked about, just gets your brain thinking in a different mode. And the one thing you said where it's like, once you do write it down, like, oh, what's the one small thing I can do to move me forward? Yeah. Have you, um, are you a fan of Seth Godin at all? Um, I, I don't know. Do, do I know who he is? He's like, a, uh, I would say he's definitely like this I would say a marketing expert, but at this point, like, I think he's got over 10,000 some blog posts online. Like if you type Seth into Google, his blog is the first thing that comes up and he's just been, he's an influential like thought leader, I would say. Um, and his, he has just a lot of thought provoking posts that he'll put out and also an awesome podcast too. But the one thing that he says is like, uh, you know, what is like the smallest possible footprint that you can leave on the world? And we could use that same parallel here. It's like, what's this one smallest thing that you can do? And he says, because infinity, like when you think too big, it's easy to get lost in infinity. And it's something that it's just this thing in the air that's like, so big that you you can't really put it into, oh, what are the small things? But as soon as you do pick out, hey, what's the one smallest thing I can do? Then you can't really run from it. It's like, it's just kind of right there in your face. Yeah, so right. I always Lit- found that interesting, um, especially with what you're saying. It's like, uh, yeah, what is, it could be the most minute thing, like drinking a little more water or uh, making just a small change with something. But it's the thing that kind of gets you building momentum in a way. Absolutely. Like it's about me. It's like people think it's got to be like some like drastic thing. Like it's so not true. It's like, um, you know, small habits make like big changes. Like mm-hmm. you, without, without you even realizing most of the time too. Like I like, it's almost like sometimes I just really state the obvious for people because they don't, you, we just don't think about it. You know, and we don't, we buy like bypassively just like don't even, recognize the way that like um just by like having to do an extra little thing each day makes the biggest difference over a week a month you know and so on yeah and and it's often especially you know i think the thing that drew me to what you were talking about in the first place was um the sustainability aspect of things, right? Is like, yeah. could you maintain this? And often those things that you can maintain are pretty small changes sometimes that over time add up in, and compound into bigger effects in a way. Definitely. Yeah. And, uh, and I think out of all those three, I feel like if, if there's one that somebody kind of takes from it, I would, I think I would go with the first one. Like how would your life be different from kind of what you are setting out to do? Because, uh, that allow that makes you get really clear on, um, I don't know, is what you're expecting out of this thing really the best way to go about it? Is it the most efficient way? Is it really what you want? Like you can nip a lot of those things in the butt before it turns into this thing that you're putting so much energy into. Um, and, and often having a little more clarity around why you're doing what you're doing and how it might change things for you, um, can lead, I think, to it being a more fulfilling type of process. Yeah. I mean, like, and it's just like, 
I think obviously like being in like the fitness industry, like we're constantly preaching and about um, just having a workout routine and like, you know, the daily habit type of things and making sure that you eat healthy, blah, blah, blah. It seems like it's like, it's very repetitive and it's like, um, how can I say this? Basically like, is it might seem like you or I are like, we're obsessed with it, but really it's just like what it's allowed us to do the opportunities that it's allowed us to have and like the experiences and stuff like that's what I want people to notice. Like that's what I want people to think about is because I know what it's done for me in my life. And, and that's what led me into the coaching and everything. But like, what is the, like getting the person to think about like, what is that going to do for you is the key because I didn't eat, like I said, I didn't even realize it until afterwards until I thought about it. And I'm asked questions like this by you. So <laughs> Um, getting people to, to, to be conscious of it is like, is power. Like, yeah. And then you keep those thoughts, you know, present in your mind and, and keep reminding yourself of it. And that's, what's going to keep you like motivated and, um, hold you accountable and, and actually make you want to, to do it. Yeah. That's, that's the other thing in this, right. Is like, uh, shifting from like something it's like oh i have to do this and it feels like yeah. this thing a task. yeah it feels like like it's dragging you versus uh i think when you get clear on some of this stuff that you're talking about uh it the how do you say it like maybe the joy of doing or like the seamlessness of it all like the doing part of it feels easier like the barrier to entry there is not as high as it was before and i think that can be really nice as when you've got this clarity around it, this consciousness around why you're doing what you're doing, how it's going to change things for you. And if that's constantly at the forefront, then the things you have to do are less of like, a, oh, like I do not want to do that right now. And more what? of like, okay, like it's, it, it feels like it's a little easier to do. Um, so it's all like it, it, a mental game to me. It feels like oh, with this. Yeah, it's totally mental. Like even with um, like, the type of workout you do too, like some are just more, like they mentally push you more than others versus like sometimes I'm like, Oh, I don't think that I can like, I'm like, I can't finish or like, yeah, I can. Like, I just got to talk myself through it and I'm good. Like it's the, the power of your, your thoughts are like everything when it comes to like what you think you can do. Yeah. You, or what you think you can't do and what, what you know you can do. Yeah. No, I think that, I think one of the most uh, powerful things about, coaching in general and like especially when you talk to somebody like yourself and you kind of verbalize like oh yeah we do talk about these things we do talk about self-talk and how you're talking to yourself and exploring some of that stuff uh you give people the chance to verbalize things that may never have been verbalized right if you really yeah. think about it um how many opportunities do you get throughout the day to be able to like speak your mind to somebody in an unfiltered way like some people don't even get that with their spouse or their partner it's oh like right so it's like yeah. with you or with the pay like with journaling that's why i'm such a big fan of it it's like you have that chance to verbalize and actualize certain things that just may never may just be kind of lurking inside but never really get out um and i'm sure there's some brain science behind it but like the amount of release that that can ha that can allow you to that can happen for you and then like free you to do 
all the other things that need to be done is usually pretty powerful. Yeah. So I, I forgot who like originally like came up with this exercise, but I went to this, um, this live event with other coaches and one of the exercises that she had us do, which at first I was like, almost like it was, I was like, this is going to be awkward because we just had to talk for 10 minutes straight. The, um, one person was like the observer, um, had to just watch you communicate with the other person, but the other person didn't say anything. You just listen, you can't say anything. And you just let the person talk for 10 straight minutes. And it could be about anything, whatever you want it to be. And I was like, oh my gosh, what am I going to talk about? And then I just kept, I rambled and I was like, wow. Like, cause very often, I mean, like more often than not, like we're thinking about what we're going to say next versus like actually listening to the person and then just letting the person speak and say what's on their mind. Sometimes if you just wait a second and let them talk, when you really want to say something, it's like, then more comes out and then more comes out. And it's just kind of like that awkward pause or awkward three seconds of silence where like the next thing is going to be revealed, you know? So that's something that um, is interesting to do is like, just let somebody talk for 10 straight minutes and then see what they say. Oh yeah. Uh, Cause when the 10 minutes was up, I was like, Whoa, I don't even know what I just talked about, (laughs) but like, you know, and it's like, it's definitely, it's something about it is really like, it's, it's powerful. Yeah. uh, Well, so there's a, I had a similar experience with, have you ever heard of speaking circles? It's like they, it's like a workshop type of thing. Um, you know, I guess it's geared towards public speaking in a way. Um, but basically I went to this thing in San Diego and it's usually never more than eight people, but there were maybe like four in this one. And one of the things that we had to do, um, that I had the same reaction to like, Oh my God, this is going to be awkward is you had to stare. So you had a partner, right. And you had to stare into their eyes for two Ah! minutes (laughs) without saying anything. It's it was so it was like for two minutes you're literally just kind of staring at them. You can't you're trying not to laugh, you're trying not to like do anything except just maintain eye contact. And it's a really awkward feeling for a little while. Yeah. Yeah. And then, you know, after a while it dissipates or whatever, but then the next part of that was uh kind of what you said, where it's like ten minutes, but I think you had maybe five, uh, and you did a couple rounds of it. So you went up there and the idea was you didn't have anything prepared. It was totally just what's coming to you in the moment. And there were a couple, there were a couple techniques that you use. Like you had to maintain uh, eye contact with people in, in the crowd. Like, well, you know, the four people that are there um, with like, and and you had to spend, like, if you were rushing, um, there was somebody in the back who was kind of modulating the whole thing. They'd be like, okay, hold on. Like, stick with that person for a second so it was like if you if I was looking at one person and then darting my eyes over to the second person um they would call me out and be like okay you got to like spend another breath or two with this person before you move on and the craziest thing about this whole that whole experience is like there's always kind of the next right thing already there for you of like what's going to come out, what you're going to say. And that I think for you and me, it kind of brought that out a bit is like, oh, like there's words that I can say and that are going to come out if I, you know, just kind of let myself do that. So the same yeah. thing, I think, with uh, with the coaching process, with journaling, with using a lot of the tools that we're talking about, it's like you're just kind of clearing the clutter and the space so that all the stuff that is kind of important to you, we, we kind of give it a chance to come to the surface, I guess. Oh yeah. Yeah. That that's, yeah, that's definitely like one way to think about it because 
um, like you, you're, you're what's going to come out of your mouth. Like you're going to talk about whatever, like what's on your, what's on your mind. And then as a little bit of time passes, what's, what's really like, let's dig, dig a little deeper and figure out like what you're thinking. It's yeah. Um, and people will, they tell you what, um, they want you to hear. So mm -hmm. that's the thing too, you know? Totally. Um, I mean, speaking of that, right. Part of me thinks about, uh, like environment and, and kind of the people that you're around, um, or that you're accountable to, or yeah, like support systems, right? Support systems are maybe huge in this topic of like behavior change and, and food and things like that. I, I wonder for you, like what, what was it like if you were to take us back to, you know, kind of being a, in an environment that, uh, felt supportive to you or the other end of it felt like, it was tough for you to make progress because of the environment that you were in. Has, have, has that experience ever kind of happened for you? Have you noticed that? Yeah, definitely. Um, in, in a couple of ways and like one way or not is, is like I said, um, you know, like when you, I was, a, I was just a very, um, I was a very like skinny girl when I first made the team and I was naturally that way, like skinny fat, you know? Mm -hmm. And then I, Everybody on the team, you know, works out. They take, they, you have to stay in good shape and you take care of yourself and they're supportive of, of your lifestyle and this and that. But I know that I have to, for my body to, to look more curvy and more woman like, I have to gain a little bit of weight. I have to put on a little size, go through a little bulk to, um, be able to create that and then, you know, shed back down. But it's like I never got, the chance to do that but it's like oh if, if you gain too much weight and then you you gain fat it's like it's not people are they going to be supportive of that mm -hmm. like I was always like worried about that or are not um looking the way that I was supposed to or expected to I shouldn't say supposed to expected to and then what people would think if I just kind of did what I thought was going to be um beneficial for me and like my long-term goals like having them not be supportive of, of my current like appearance is always like a thought factor, you know? Yeah. And then um, your environment, like people that are, that you want to like support like who you are and like what you believe in. Cause I think that um, back to like kind of being prim and proper, like I am the most like down to earth, like, um, I'm very like, I'm pretty silly sometimes. And like, sometimes I feel like it's like, so, you know, some people don't find what you think is funny, funny, or like just in one way or, or another. Mm -hmm. So it's like ha having a, a group of people that you're supposed to feel like you can, um, express yourself and your like uniqueness and stuff. And they want you to stand out cause you don't want to all look the same and you're not like all one t like stereotypical, like, cheerleader with like red lipstick and blonde hair and skinny like they want you to be you and like look different but yet again it's like sometimes you feel like is my uniqueness too much like what I like really um who I really am like what I think is um you know what I think is like I don't even know how to how to put it into words without like I don't know I mean um, what you might feel is you or what you feel yeah. is free yeah and like that takes it back to like 
caring about what other people think. And it's just like, it's not healthy to, to feel that way all the time. If you're like constantly like worrying about what, what other people are going to think of you. And, um, and it's not like, it's not even necessarily anything like, um, anything bad. It's just like, with that, um, taking over, like how you express yourself, like it, it definitely changes you in the way that you perform and, and act. And it like, it almost kind of like, just would make me hold back a little bit more of who I was because I felt like people would judge me. And I'm one of the least like judgmental, um, people ever. Like I, you could tell me anything. And I like, just like, everybody has their own way of doing things. Everyone has their own opinion and that's fine. And I'm not going to like, think a certain way about you because of it like that that's you that's that's cool like yeah you know no i i think um there's this uh so i do this podcast with um dr megan caden called the unfiltered human and she's like a, a couples therapist and um an ex expert on relationships and stuff and one of the things that we talk about a lot there is this primal feeling of uh that we all have in some way when we kind of are in a new place new environment new people whatever it's like this subconscious question you're asking yourself of uh am i safe here is my full self welcome here yeah and if something triggers that like oh i'm not safe here or i can't be my full self here then what you're saying around like those filters or that feeling of having to suppress yourself starts to kind of happen. And I can definitely resonate with that. I've, I've been in several situations where I've, that has kind of come up for me. So I always find yeah. that interesting. Um, <laughs> and, yeah. And the other thing is, um, do I like being, being in an environment what, and I, I wonder if this this definitely stems out to like I think online now too, right? Um, versus just physically kind of being around people. Mm -hmm. I think it's like who you follow, right? And people that are kind oh, of coming yeah. up on your feed, you can get that sense of like, do I belong here? Type of thing. I think that's just another spin on that question of, am I safe here? And and I think uh, that's something, especially when it comes to behavior change and food and well. Of course, it affects things outside of that too, but specifically with nutrition, yeah. that's something that kind of needs to be dealt with in some way um, or explored to be able to kind of get past it and, and make like true authentic progress. Yeah, definitely. Like, um, I I feel like I had like a bit of like imposter syndrome. Like I was like, mm. who am I? Like, <laughs> I don't know. Like I'm, I felt like, um, I could only like portray a certain type of image, even though like, um, you're, I don't know how to put it, I guess. Like, even though, um, you feel like you can, like other people will, they're, they're going to accept you, but like, are they going to, um, like, are they going to relate to you? Because as humans, like, we crave that connection with everybody, whether it's a relationship or a friend or a coworker or whatever. Like, we want to be relatable to people. So it's, like, even if, like, they're, like, not going to judge you necessarily for, um, you know, being yourself or eating what you want to eat or whatever, like, are they going to be able to relate to that? Like, I feel like that's um, something that we, like, can be fear fearful to sometimes as well because if we feel like it's going to be – irrelatable to people like we we might not talk about it or mm -hmm. or um showcase it yeah so how, how much um i mean 
of course that environment has an impact, right? But now if you think about what you're doing now and maybe even taking into account some of the clients you work with, um, is that how much of a role does that play in terms of like what you're able to do now and what your clients are able to do, like the environment that you surround yourself with and the way that you kind of get past that feeling of, am I safe to be my full self here? Yeah, I am. I'm good. And then being able to kind of move forward with whatever needs to be done. Yeah. Um, part of it, I think comes from like, I have kind of like trained my, myself to, to really not care about what other people think, like whether you're safe to be your full self there or not, you know, and like just, you know, the whole be you like everybody preaches that, but like really though, like just to, to be yourself and, and be like totally okay with it is awesome. But, um, the type of like environment that I want to surround myself with every day and the type of people that I want to continue to build relationships with are ones that I, that like bring that, allow me to like, yeah, express myself and express my ideas and, um, creativity and like people that aren't, that feel like, um, that are just, I want to say open-minded about, um, everything. Like Mm -hmm. some, some people feel like are because of the environment that they're in, they're, they only, they, they think, I don't want to say one way, but they're limited to that type of thinking. Whereas like, they don't open themselves up to um, other options, like of of, or I don't even know how to put this, like where or where I was going with that. But like um, now, with what I do, like for my my workouts, even like I started doing um, CrossFit, and like I thought that, like I I'm totally like I thought that if I did CrossFit, I was like, oh my god, I'm gonna hurt myself. I am going to end up looking like a a beastly chick that I don't want to look like, whatever. And, like, people would be like, oh, like, you shouldn't try that because, like, you don't want to look like that. And I was like, oh, yeah, like, I don't know, like, so focused on the aesthetic side of things. But then the environment that I was surrounding myself with was, you know, I don't want to say a bunch of divas, but, like, we look like them. We look like ones. So, I mean – and you surround yourself with other females who are all about working hard. It's like – this is awesome because like nobody's really focused on like aesthetic. They're just focusing on on, like how they perform and like what they can do. And, and nobody's like judging you for what you can't do because I felt like such like a weakling, like stepping in one of those gyms, you know, Mm -hmm. but it's, it's okay. Like being in an environment that's all about like supporting you and like, um, like pushing you to do better and do more than what you've done. And it's a good, it's definitely, um, a good place to insert myself, you know, versus yeah. like worrying about, um, like what I look like all the time and having to be like, you know, things with I, not a hair out of place and, um, looking like perfect and focusing on, um, cardio versus like, all right, can I lift this? Can I not lift this? Like, can I do it? Can I not do it? And like, just kind of testing your strength limits is it's fun to not like think about like, Oh my God, I can't, lift weights because I'm going to turn into like a beast because realistically that's just not going to happen like females don't naturally have the testosterone to do that and like anyone who thinks that is just like oh my god you need to get an education because it's just not going to happen but you know so yeah no that's the one uh one thing I really really 
appreciate and continue to appreciate about CrossFit is the amount that the community, um, and the support system that it can provide for people, um, is, is, is insane. It's just, there's a dynamic about it that I've, I mean, I, I coached CrossFit for four or five years and I remember watching people who came in and they were with us for several years and seeing the change that an impact it had on them. Yeah. Physically, that's one thing, but also just the way, I don't know, there's something about them as a person, right? The way that they feel, the way that they act and interact with you. Like that there's for a lot of people, it seemed like it brought out this, this freedom, right. Of that, of yeah, what we're talking almost, about. It's pretty much how I feel. Like you described that really well. Thank you. Yeah. It's, um, that, that to me, I feel like is liberating. And I think as, uh, I don't know, as a coach and yeah, as a coach, I feel like that's one of the biggest, uh, I don't know, achievements you could have is when the people that you're working with, it goes a little bit beyond the the physical aspect of it or, you know, the actual tangible nutrition stuff or fitness stuff. And it extends into like the day to day, right out in the wild. What, what, what do you feel like now just kind of walking through the world and, and doing your thing, you know? Um, and I, I appreciate kind of how, um, the, the environment, can do that for you is like when you're around people or following people or listening to people who are, you know, kind of in line with where you want to go or, um, are kind of supporting that in some way that has a huge effect in terms of like, you know, how likely I think you are to be successful in whatever it is you're doing. Yeah, definitely. Like, um, I don't know. You've heard of like, you know, the, the three or five people that you spend the most time with, you are more than likely to act like or, or be like. Mm-hmm. And um, I totally, I believe that because it, when you, like whoever you spend the most time with, your free time with or whoever like you're um, with the most, like you're going to be like the average of um, those people. Like mm-hmm. in, in a good way though, like I expecting that you assume like, or assuming that you surround yourself with like the the type of people that do motivate you and are supportive, of course. But um, it it definitely something about having having somebody or multiple people that think in the same sense that you do, or or you guys have um, the same things in common. It's powerful in a sense that it motivates you to motivate each other, and then it just rubs off from there like it's you know mm-hmm. yeah there's a sense of camaraderie there and and whatnot that i think is uh, i'm realizing at least for me it's like it's definitely primal it's something that i feel like yeah. is is just so built deep within us that go beyond crossfit and go beyond the walls of the gym like that counts in 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 like the outside yeah. world and outside things that you're interested in too um so there's definitely a value factor there when you think about making progress physically or within your food, it's like having a support system or environment that is like going to kind of bring out the best in you. Right. And like, I tell my clients that too, like you need to make, like, it sucks for people who are like, Oh my God, I, I go home every day and my husband is just like eating Oreos on the couch. And I'm like, I'd probably join them, but no, no. <laughs> <laughs> no, but you know what I mean? Like sometimes it's hard for people that really like they're trying so hard. They want to make a change, but it's like everyone that they're surround themselves with is just not in alignment with that. 
And that's a tough thing to, um, like, overcome because you really have to have the willpower to, like, resist those temptations when they're right in front of you. But, um, yeah, like, or in environments that you can't control, like your work environment, like people that are like, oh, I work at an office and then people, they order pizza for lunch every day or, you know, like, it sucks because I'm like, wow like I sometimes like that's when like it's putting your um like it's really testing your limits because that's hard that that is so hard like being surrounded by um things or people that just aren't in alignment with like your goals totally and more often than not like that that's makes it 10 times more challenging than it already is yeah now I, I think it could be helpful even take this idea and start to like think about how that plays for you like who are you around day to day and who who, yeah who lives in your household who do you interact with day to day that is kind of subconsciously having an influence on you know what you're doing and what you're trying to do um even if you don't take action on it right away it's like just having that awareness of how it's affecting you i think can be helpful yeah definitely like i um like i said the um crossfit gym that i go to now ocean state crossfit um, ironclad fitness center where I train, um, a couple of my clients in person, like being there is like, that's the type of environment that like, I know I can like be my full self in, and it feels good. And, and it's nice to know that like, I now I have control over the type of people that I work with, which is like the beauty of coaching. Cause you can, you can choose them. So it's, totally. it's nice. It's nice to be able to, um, coach someone who's actually coachable you know and <laughs> yeah. and like by me helping them even though I do you think about it you spend a lot of time with your clients sometimes like even like through you know FaceTime and stuff and being around people that um have negative thoughts it's like all right I can shift you I can I can I can work this out like yeah I know it's rewarding to be able to help those type of people too so. totally yeah I'm a. I I want to um I want to get into some rapid fires if that's cool with you and, yeah. and get into, so I think my first one is going to be the billion dollar question. So let's say you had a few billion dollars, right? And you had a staff of 40 people. Uh, the, like the 40 people can be top performers in anything that it is that you're recruiting them for. So time, energy, money, like none of those things are an obstacle and you can use this to do whatever you want whether it's like pursue something uh, that's personally important to you or, um, you know, make some type of impact in some way, what, what comes to mind for you? What would you do with it? Um, so what comes to mind for me, I would, I would say, I would want to, what, I I don't know what it would be specifically, to be Mm -hmm. honest, but I would want to develop a community, a community of, of people, like we talked about, like like-minded people who are supportive of, um, supportive of each other in what they want to do and, and basically are all about helping other people. Because I think that like when people can come together and you, you want the same outcome or you, you desire to have the same things and you have the same core values, like that is so powerful. And like everybody has different, um, core values and like, um, uh, strengths and stuff. So like being able to combine those, what would I do with it? Um, 
other than develop a badass community of like coaches or um, I don't know, maybe influencers for I don't know what specifically, obviously health and, and nutri- fitness and nutrition and all that. But um, for I think women who really need to be coached on the type of mindset to have around um, these situations like spokesmodels and people who have a physical like a um, physically demanding job like to show up in a certain way I'd want to use everybody's like strengths and help um, other women be able to think in a think in a healthier sense so that way they yeah. don't have to do the same thing that I've gone through and then also um, witness some other females go through. Because, like, I don't think, like, you look good on the outside and all, but I don't think a lot of people really, like, um, nobody really focuses on that. Like, I was never talked to about that when I, um, like, made the team or anything, like, about, like, body image and all that. Like, actually, like, having, like, a like a mastermind would mm. be, like, awesome for those type of girls. That's amazing. Yeah. And and I don't expect you to give me like a solid business plan or anything. It's more so just <laughs> the idea of like where it would go. And I, I think that's great. And I mean, a couple billion dollars and a staff of 40, I feel like you could do that times like a million, you know? Yeah. Um, you could, yeah. So uh, let's, let's say that you're still a billionaire. Okay. And you could give away two to three books to every person in the world. Um, and this, and I, I don't want to limit this to just books. I know you said you're a fan of audiobooks. I am too. But let's assume like any piece of media or any piece of content um, that's been powerful for you. So whether it's a book or uh, a YouTube video or a movie or uh, I don't know, like any, any form of content really, but two to three pieces that have been kind of influential for you and that you feel like uh, other people could get some benefit out of. Yeah, so um... – from my um, personal experiences, definitely podcasts actually have been like the, because they're so um, you can really relate to the to whoever it is like um, on the podcast. It's normally it's real people, and that's definitely been like the definitely like the main source of like a mindset shift for me because I'm like listening to other people and the way that they talk and live their lives and that are that they're real. It's not like a book that they wrote or, or whatever. So podcasts have definitely like been the biggest game changer for me. Um, and some of the ones that I listen to, I like to listen to a lot of like, um, like I like Andy Frisella. He's kind of mm-hmm. like, just um, very like to the point and kind of vulgar. I like that. And I like Lewis Howes and um, Andy Lee. And then for books, that one by Carol Dweck, like, actually, I was just thinking about that um, mindset. That was, like, the first book that I had ever, like, read that wasn't required by, like, um, school or, like, something I was studying for that was, like, actually just, like, someone told me to listen to it, and I was, like, all right, I'll, I'll do it. And then since then, I was hooked on audiobooks. So definitely mindset. And then um, probably my my self-journal. I would want everyone to I th- – or I think everyone should have some kind of, like, you know – brain dump space so yeah my self journal is is awesome because it like you know it gives you a couple of prompts that you like um can that gives you like an idea of like what intention you're going to set for the day so that's 
pretty powerful too. Like looking at that um, at night or in the morning has made a um, big impact on the way that I think and like setting up the, you know, the type of day that I want to have and then having like an intention set to go through. Yeah. Um, the the third podcast that you mentioned, what was the name of that person after Lewis? Angie Lee. Angie Lee. Yeah, um, I think it used to be called the Rich Bitch Podcast, but Got now it. it's I think it's called it the um, Angie Lee Show. Got it. Okay, cool. Yeah, we'll link that stuff up in the show notes. Um, how about uh, what's like one thing you want people to kind of take away from today? From like everything I know, we talked about a lot, but if there was one thing you could kind of have people think about or take away from this, what would it be? Um. I think the the power that your thoughts have over your actions. Um, I I definitely want, especially um, people who are just like starting their fitness journeys, or um, for anyone that feels like they're struggling with like self limiting beliefs. Um, just don't focus too hard on what is expected of you all the time and, and the pressure from external sources, like focus on doing what makes you feel good and focus on making the choices that you know are going to be good for what you want. Like, but like when I tell my clients, focus on eating the foods that make you feel good versus worrying about counting anything or tracking anything. Mm -hmm. Um, Same thing with like working out, like do the type of workouts that you enjoy, do what makes you feel good, do what gets you moving and makes you like, whether it's dancing or whatever, like just move, like just do what you like to do and, and don't ever be, um, don't ever hold back from like expressing the real you because majority of the time I think people end up like really resonating with it and like you for you and you don't even know it <laughs> totally I love that um where can we point people to and how can we kind of follow along with what you're doing and and support your journey so I'm pretty present on Instagram which is k underscore taco t-a-c-o um and then I'm on Facebook too so Kelsey k-e-l-s-i gotaco g-o-t-a-u-c-o Great. Um, yeah, I would love, so this was a great conversation and I'm excited to do a couple more like, uh, Ms. Unfiltered styled episodes with you (laughs) where we can like dig into different areas and, and we'll try to keep those episodes like 15 minutes and under. And so we would welcome anybody who has any questions or topic ideas or maybe any follow-ups that you want to hear more on from this episode, um, feel free to reach out to either one of us and uh, we'd be happy to take it into account when we record. But um, Kelsey, thank you so much for coming on. I really had a fun time chatting with you. Thanks for having me. It was so much fun. I can't wait to like, just like express my brain dump to you a little bit more. (laughs) (laughs) Yeah. Well, thanks so much for listening guys. And uh, we'll talk to you next time. Thank you so much for listening. I appreciate you lending me your ears. Before you head out, 
I wanted to share a free gift with you. It's only available for podcast listeners at MizHQ.com. Again, that's M-I-Z-H-Q.com. So go ahead and grab that. If you want to support the show, the best compliment that you can give is by leaving a review with your thoughts. You have no idea how much that helps, and I always love hearing from you guys. So once again, thank you again for tuning in. Until next time.